0: This is Tom Fox, I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the September edition of my year-long podcast series on creating a more effective compliance program. Each month during this year, I'm focusing on a different topic, which will help you create a more effective compliance program. And for the month of September, I'm going to focus on innovation in compliance. First, a word from this month's sponsor, Oversight Systems. Oversight Systems.
1: Thanks, Tom. And thanks to everyone for joining us today. Oversight's artificial intelligence platform takes a comprehensive, multi-dimensional approach to identifying anomalies that are suggestive of bribery and corruption. Our analytics look across various dimensions such as employees, attendees, vendors, and countries over an extended time period. This enables us to identify employees exhibiting patterns of potentially improper behavior or collusion that are difficult to detect by auditing a single transaction at a time. Based on the analysis, employees or vendors engaged in risky behaviors are presented in a risk-ranked format for easy examination. Remediation activities and the underlying root causes are automatically documented to drive continuous improvement. Oversight clients can easily demonstrate to the board and, if ever necessary, to the regulatory authorities that proactive monitoring of business transactions for anti-bribery and corruption risk is an integral part of company operations. With Oversight's Insights on Demand, you can have a best practice approach to identify possible violations in travel and entertainment and procure-to-pay programs. For more information, visit us at OversightSystems.com.
0: Innovation indeed. I hope you will join me for the entire one-month series on innovation. I'm going to take a look at artificial intelligence, social media, leadership, and structural innovations. I think you will find it a fascinating month, and at the end of the month, you will have multiple tools and techniques which you can utilize to make your compliance program not only more effective, but operationalized, more efficient, and helping you to create greater profitability for your organization. This podcast, One Month to a Better Compliance Program, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 10, Super Forecasting in Compliance. Next, we consider super forecasting, and it's use by the compliance function. Imagine that as a chief compliance officer, you could create a team which might well dramatically improve your company's compliance and risk forecasting ability. But to do so, <coughs> you would be required to expose just how unreliable the professional forecasters you have u- using have been. Could you do so, and more importantly, would you do so? I've been thinking about that question quite a bit as I have researched the area of super forecasting. Most generally, this is the predictive capability that organizations have used. However, the new super forecasting movement, led by Philip Tetlock and others, has been gaining strength and helped to improve this capability. The concepts around super forecasting came of age after the intelligence failures leading up to the Iraq War. This led to the founding of the Good Judgment Project, which had a key component, as a key component, a multi-year predictive tournament, which was a series of gaming exercises pitting amateurs against professional intelligence analysts. The results of the Good Judgment Project were presented by Tetlock and Paul Shoemaker. They had three general observations. First, talented generalists can outperform specialists in making forecasts. Second, Carefully crafted training can enhance predictive acumen. And third, well-run teams can outperform individuals. I don't think there's any surprises there. To move to super forecasting, there are four precepts. The first is to find the sweet spot, which is somewhere between predictions that are entirely straightforward and seemingly impossible. The sweet spot that companies should focus on is the forecast for which the s- which some data logic and analysis can be used, but seasoned judgment and careful questioning also play key roles. Predicting the commercial potential of drugs and clinical trials requires scientific expertise as well as business judgment. I find this to be true in the compliance area where assessors of acquisition candidates draw on formal scoring models, but they must also gauge internal in intangible such as cultural fit, the chemistry among leaders, and the likelihood that anticipated synergies will actually materialize. Next is to train for good judgment. This requires employees to learn the basics in such techniques as probability concepts, the definition of what is to be predicted, and an understanding of numerical probabilities. As cognitive biases are widely known to skew judgments, companies need to raise awareness for this issue to arise finally training to understand the psychology behind such biases narrows predictive domains next is to build the right kind of team the, the initial thing to realize is the importance of the comp- composition of the team cautious humble open-minded and analytical people with good those with good good with numbers are critical in assembling teams companies should look for natural forecasters who show an alertness to bias, a knack for sound reasoning, and a respect for data. Equally critical is that the forecasting team should be intellectually diverse. At least one team member should have domain experience, like a financial professional on a budget forecasting team, but non-experts are essential too, particularly ones who won't shy away from the the challenging the presumed experts. Do not underestimate the generalists. Clearly, your compliance super forecasting team should draw from the diversity within your organization, not only in discipline, but temperament as well. After the composition is considered, move to diverging, evaluating, and converging. As a successful team needs to manage these three phases well. In the diverging phase, the issue is assumptions and approaches to finding and answer, which are explored from multiple angles. In the evaluation phase, it includes time for productive disagreement. In the converging phase, the team settles on a prediction. In each of these phases, learning and progress are fastest when questions are focused and feedback is frequent. The final composition of your team is trust, as there must be trust to facilitate good outcomes. This might be understood that if the super forecasters demonstrate errors or miscalculations of others in the firm. Not only will they be protected by senior management, but <clears throat> their work will be defended. Few things chill a super forecasting team more than a sense that its conclusions could threaten the team itself. You don't have to track the performance and give feedback, as it's essential to track predictive outcomes and provide timely feedback to improve super forecasting going forward. Obviously, the OODA loop is critical here. This also has the added benefit of providing an audit trail so that a company might learn from both good and bad predictions. Document, document, document. The process, indeed, itself is what's critical. Such a feedback loop in the compliance sphere could lead to some of the following questions being posed. What information might others have that you do not have which affect the compliance risk? What cognitive tracks might skew your judgment on the tr- transaction or risk? Why do you believe the company can safely navigate this compliance risk? Answers to these and other questions can provide insight into not only the specific prediction, but also the process by which a team moved forward so that it can be replicated in the future. Well-run audits can reveal post-facto whether forecasters coalesced around a bad anchor, framed the problem poorly, or overlooked an important insight, or indeed failed to engage or even muzzle team members with dissenting views. Likewise, they can highlight the process steps which led to good forecasts and thereby provide other teams with best practices for improving predictions. As with any innovation, there must be a commitment from senior management on moving forward. There must be a data, data available both internally and research conducted externally with auditable trails on judgments, underlying assumptions, and data sources. The keys to success include frequent, precise predictions and measuring accuracy of predictions for a comparison with, non-world, with real-world events. Rather, Nevertheless, such an exercise might well be exactly what a compliance function should be doing going forward. Take the Italian energy company ENI, that has made a huge bet on production out of the African continent. If the company had a solid predictive basis for the risk involved, it not only could assess those risks but move forward more accurately to manage those. It might give the company enough information to take such a seemingly risky business move when the prediction shows the risk was lower than the experts said. But companies will capture the advantage only if the respected leaders champion the effort. By broadcasting an openness to trial and error, a willingness to ruffle feathers, and a readiness to expose what we know that ain't so in order to hone a firm's predictive edge. So what are today's three key takeaways? As a compliance officer, imagine that you could create a team which might well dramatically improve your company's compliance and risk forecasting. Why wouldn't you take advantage of something like this? It certainly sounds like something that would be applicable and helpful in the compliance practice going forward. Two, it is essential to track predictive outcomes and provide timely feedback to improve the forecasting going forward. There's a couple of different things going on here. Uh, the first is that by tracking, that's the document, document, document part. You have an audit trail. For reflection or report and review. But then, timely feedback is the OUDA concept or the feedback loop concept that you absolutely must incorporate the information that you use back into the system. Or if you've ever been in front of Wei Chen at the Department, when she was at the Department of Justice, her question would be not only what did the data show, but how did you use it? And number three, like any innovation, There must be a commitment from senior management on moving forward. I cannot emphasize this enough, whether that commitment is on your compliance program or something as innovative as super forecasting. Your compliance, excuse me, your senior management must be committed to this moving forward. This is Tom Fox. I hope you have enjoyed day 10 of one month of innovation and compliance, and I hope you will join me tomorrow for day 11. (laughs) This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you again for listening to this episode of One Month to More Effective Innovation and Compliance. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I hope that you would rate our podcast as would help in our rankings and help get the word out about the only monthly podcast series in compliance, which will help you create a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.